Hello friends and welcome to your midweek slice of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. Slice of course being a very apt term to use because Ipswich Town smashed Gillingham in the pizza trophy midweek. Crisis? What crisis? We're going to Wembley lads. Let me introduce first of all the man who stood in for me as host and did what some have called the most incredible intro of all time for Kings of Anglia podcast. So less of that Mike. Stop making me look expendable. A man who was also called this week a phenomenon. Uh, and another member of the Kerry Army said he has to be protected at all costs. Now, given your age, Mike, I'm assuming he means from high cholesterol and that kind of thing. Um, but how are you, the big pork thing, the pork poncho, the big porker, the grand poor sign, Michael of House Bacon? How are you? Well, thank you very much, Heathy. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much. I'm, um, And I appreciate all the concerns about me being looked after. I did note those comments. I don't always like them on Twitter and, and retweet them because I sometimes press the wrong button. So I decided <laughs> to just read them really rather than rather than press the wrong thing and get myself in a pickle. But thank you to all those who enjoyed the intro and the, yeah. uh, and the comments. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, um, yes, I'm, I'm very well. I a little bit of trouble with the old... Um, I, I have a, a, a smoothie in the morning, you know. I put a little bit of yogurt and um, banana and stuff in a, schmo- a smoothie, and then um, whiz it all up. You know, I had a little trouble with the the smoothie this morning because um, I didn't put the lid on properly. <laughs> so oh. I pressed the button and you know, squirt everywhere. It was uh, it was uh, yeah, what, bit, what, bit school schoolboy era. What blender have you got? Have you got have you gone top top grade Nutri Bullet blender? What have you got? Um, no, only a little plastic one from Aldi, but I mean, it seems to do the job. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm into sort of you know a little bit of um, it's a little bit of health, a little bit of health kit. I'm being, I'm being, you know, the wife's giving me a little bit of a health. I think I've you know my days of um, yeah, uh, Donna kebabs at half twelve at night with heavy on the chili are sort of starting to get a bit behind me now. So I'm being sort of geared around to like shakes in the morning, which. Well, the Kauai Army would be very happy to hear that, as I say. They want you to be yeah. protected at all costs, wrapped up in cotton wool and protected as the as a kind of artefact. Artefact sounds disrespectful, actually. That makes you sound old, doesn't it? As the, it does the make cra- you sound old, yes. The, yeah. the, the, the crown jewel that you are in the Kings of Anglia crown. Um, and, of course, another jewel, a gem in that crown, your boy, Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren, the only man, I reckon, in the country, Andy, who's happy that the weather is getting colder and more depressing. It's not depressing. This is this is great, <laughs> comfortable. Sorry, some some people have just finished some work in my garden. They're they've helping me out with something. I'm saying goodbye. Um, Excellent, super. What, what work was it? Like just finishing off a patio. Actually, it's, it's um, it's it's topical because I'll be out lounging on that in the uh, in the cold October air, <laughs> just in time just in time for winter. Why not get a patio done? Why not? So there we what? are. What kind of what kind of patio pavement are we talking? Are we going new school? Are we going old school? What's the what's the deal? I, I couldn't tell you which was which. Um, what are we doing? Uh, There's some very very kind of very flash granity style paving you can uh, get now. I wouldn't <clears> say it's flat. I think it's functional. It's yeah. um, it's kind of yeah, just some some stone. It's not decking. It's 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 stone. Nice. Lots of, lots of different shapes and sizes. Don't know if that's new school or old school, but um. So it's not uniform. We're talking. It's not uniform. No. Oh, it's, lovely. Um, no, oh. I'll, uh, I'll send you a picture later. But it's, that is uh... top. That that is top bins. I think we need to share that with the Kerry Army as well. Mike, I'm sure. Has... I'm sure they'll be absolutely absolutely buzzing for that. Of course they will. And Mike, while we're on general DIY chat, before we get mm-hmm. onto what we're actually here for, which is talk about football, how's your wall? Well, it hasn't really progressed much since I spoke last, to be honest, because, I mean, I don't know what these guys do, to be perfectly frank, probably go around doing other people's patios rather than getting on with the job in hand. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, taken, it's taken them far too long, um, but it's, it's starting to come along nicely now. I can look and see it now. Actually, there's, I think one of them has just turned up as we speak, which is nice. What time is it now? About 11 o'clock. That sounds about right. Um, so he's probably will be here for an hour and then go and have a lunch, I expect. So, um, yeah, a s- slow pace. 
slow pace. Um, actually, I'm actually talking about Andy. I could do with um, a picture of that patio because do they do driveways? These people, um, you know, who uh, who are doing it. If they do, I'd be um, I'd be interested. I'll, I'll pass you on their their details. Thank you. Superb. Excellent. Eat a lot. You get through a lot of a lot of tea. Uh, these these guys. Um, so you'd need to be prepared for that. Mm, yeah, drink a lot of tea. Yeah, it's true. Have to have green tea in our house, of course, because we're very healthy. Um, or you know, perhaps um, uh, a little bit of red rose sort of. Um, we have a lot of very. We've got a little fruit teas at the moment. I'm being I'm being sort of slowly fed, which not not really. Not I really love great. I love this idea that it's actually you that makes a smoothie in the morning. I, I'd imagine yeah. that it's Tracy kind of standing over watching, or at least making it for you, making sure you get all your nutrients in, and then have a a green tea and do fifty press ups before she goes to work or something. Exactly. <laughs> You're not far on. That's why. That's how you can tell she wasn't here this morning when, when it all went horribly wrong. That's quite quite a change from the usual cocoa pops breakfast, Mike. I had cocoa pots for years, to be honest. I mean, I must have been. I loved cocoa pots, but I tell you, what, I always had wheat bix A friend of mine um, always has two wheat bix This is a bit of a trick I play. When we are on our golf holidays, he has two wheat bix every single day, and he has done for sixty-five years. And of course, the wheat bix are even on each side. And on the golf trip, I always take one out, just a little <laughs> trick. And when he gets down the last one, it freaks him out because there's only one left. Dear oh dear, the fun you have. The fun you have. Can I can I come on the next trip? Sounds amazing. <laughs> Sounds mental. <laughs> anyway, boys. Speaking of mental, Ipswich Town got back on the winning run on Tuesday night in the Pizza Trophy in front of a crowd of just over a thousand at Gillingham. What a sexy fixture this was! The Pizza Trophy, Ipswich Town swept aside Gillingham two nil. Andy Hutch Hogan Warren, you were there. Me and Mike weren't. So you're going to do all the heavy lifting in this particular section. What did you make of it? Give us your thoughts. But you were gutted, weren't you? Absolutely gutted to be sat at home doing the, the production stuff behind the scenes. Um, I, I always enjoy this competition for, for what it is. Um, and, and this was as, as comfortable as can be, really. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Mr. Evans' uh, bleating comments afterwards again at some point in a moment. But while you could maybe debate a couple of those points that he raised in terms of refereeing, I, I think Ipswich were really comfortable throughout this one they had the better of it in every area of the pitch um without going mad about it and um got the job job done and as you said at the beginning the uh the Wembley dream is um is firmly firmly back on of course all this win does is really make the clash the chambers slash excuse reunion clash super sexy because it could well be that whoever wins that game goes through and ultimately goes on to lift that that trophy at Wembley. Any any sign, <laughs> any any sign of, of pizza at these games yet, Hutchie? I know no. you were saying no. When no, do we get not... when do we get pizza at these bloody games? I I dread that I, they should do <clears> something. Like you'd think, like could there be like a halftime competition for a fan to win a pizza? Yeah. Fan, like fans that attend the game get a code if you're at the game, or if you buy the iFollow pass, you also get a discount code for for Papa John's. Um, Come on, Papa John's. Let's step. Listen, step, mate, step it up a bit. Is forget, it? forget about the fans. It, it's in the press room. We want the pizzas. That's where the pizzas should be. If they're if they're really taking care of the people covering these games, let's be let's be honest. They're a bit of a slog to cover. So, um, all, all we need is a few few pizzas in there. Um, before we move on to the football again, boys, pizza toppings. First of all, is anyone in this virtual room eat their pizza with a knife and fork? Because if so, you can leave now. Good. Um. Yeah, pizza toppings, boys. What's your favourite pizza topping? Where do you stand on pineapple on a pizza, Mike? 
Well, pineapples is, is totally unacceptable, of course, as we all know. You don't put pineapple on a pizza. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. I know I've offended half a zillion people uh, with that one comment, but like, I'm sorry. You just do not. It makes it gooey, and I don't understand what it does. It sort of squelches as you sort of... Doesn't doesn't make it gooey. What are you on about? It's lovely. Don't like it. Anyway, okay, so that's the end of that. So pizza should be... pizza should Pepperoni should always be on a pizza. Nice nice lumps of pepperoni and an and onion. See, I'm, I'm, I like taste. I like, I like tangy taste. I, I'd have chili... Chili dogs on them if I could, but you know, <laughs> little small chili dogs just on a, on the pizzas. Like um, a meat feast. A, a meat bit. feast is my favourite. Uh, uh, Heathy, yes, absolutely. I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a pineapple man. Not one little bit. I don't. We'll be having, I don't know. We'll be having aubergines on them next. I mean, what earth we think of? I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Crazy, absolute Crazy. madness, <laughs> absolute madness. Um, Hutchie, you of course have been to the home of pizza, Naples. Um, and I, I remember talking to you about this. You said you had the best pizza of all time yep. in that location. Tell yep. the people. Um, just had aubergine on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, that changed my outlook on pizza ever ever since. Um, ever since it's just a very simple cheese and tomato pizza. And ever since, that's kind of that's kind of been what I really like now. In that vibe of pizza, if you're talking like. I guess the word would be artisan, would be rustic. Uh, rustic. Yeah. yeah, just cheese and tomato with maybe a little bit of basil on it. If we're talking dirty takeaway pizza, my my uh, I've created my own. Is uh, I always have um, ham, beef, and sweet red pepper, mm-hmm. if uh, if they can be got, which they can at one of the uh, establishments, but not the one that sponsors the. Uh, trophy because i'm uh, not a fan of that at all if i'm complete <laughs> if i'm complete if, I, if i'm completely honest but um yeah i'm quite simple with my pizzas i don't want loads of stuff on there um and i'll be completely honest i'm right down the middle on the pineapple thing i'm fine with it uh but i wouldn't choose it i love pineapple on a pizza um obviously the, the cheese tomato and basil there actually you refer to the margarita the classic margarita was was designed of course around the italian flag there's your mm-hmm. entertainment, your edutainment for today. Uh, and also, I'm, I'm keen to know, given your standing in Ipswich and the surrounds, can people walk into a pizza chain now and just ask for the hutch then? Is that what they'll get? I'd have to change the name. I, I, I mean, it, <coughs> it, it is registered with Domino's. For there we this, go. Full, full disclosure. Um, let, I haven't had one know. from there for years, but it was. I did kind of create it and save it on there. So you might be able to get it. Try, Try it. it. You're lucky. Walk, walk in this weekend, get yourself a hutch after the game Saturday, perhaps. Let us know how you get on. Um, for me, we've got our own pizza oven because I'm a bit bit flash and fancy like that. Uh, and that has ruined all other pizza for me. Has to be homemade. Has to be quality. Anyway, boys, speaking of quality, let's jump back to the football. Miles Kenlock started, Hutchie. You were right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lucky guess. Um, a very lucky guess indeed. Um, but as Paul Cook said after the game, a... Uh, a reward for essentially a reward for coming to work and not being <laughs> uh, and not being a pain um which given that given to the extent that he's been frozen completely frozen out and basically told you're not you can't you can't do your job here um we'd like you to leave please uh, i think a lot of players probably would have been a bit of a pain in that time um miles clearly hasn't some warm words from Paul Cook about him after the game and what is probably a small, just a small reward for, for being a good professional in a, in a tough situation, I guess it it would help that maybe if maybe some teams might remember he exists and fancy a dabble 
it for him because clearly I think clearly he's still available. He's there's that I, I think you'll, you'll probably ask this next, but I don't think there's an awful lot in terms of a way back for him here. Um, this doesn't mean very much at all, I wouldn't say, other than uh, other than a gesture to to a guy who's gone about it, the limited business he's allowed to do pretty well. I would say. And he can, I mean, he can't play, can he? He's he can't play. Really, no, so he can only play in what the trophy and any cup and games, pretty much. I think obviously. he. Could, I think he could play in the FA Cup, yeah, and the, yeah. and and the, and the big Colchester game, which it is winner takes all now. That that game, the winner of that game, be it be it in ninety minutes or be it in a penalty shootout. Oh my! Oh my goodness! Be still, uh, my my beating heart. It'd be a winner takes all scenario. <laughs> so uh, he could he could be involved in that. And we know what Miles Cadnock does in penalty shootouts. Do you remember his little jig? In yeah. the in in the yes. against Peterborough that that uh, Paul Lambert described as being like John Travolta, that could be uh, that could be the winning penalty. When do we start the build up to that? Because that is the game of the season. Uh, it's just over a month away. Um, I'm excited. Mike, I'm sure is excited. Luke Chambers sure. could end up deciding that tie on a penalty. Hutchie, imagine <laughs> he, could. he could imagine that he um, could. I'm sure they'll all be absolutely buzzing to play in that game, but they they <laughs> they they've not really featured in it. They didn't play in the in the competition the first time around in the first game. Um, I think Luke Chambers played in the next one against West Ham, and I think there probably might be a scenario here where the senior members of Colchester United uh, squad are, are going to Hayden Mullins, the manager, and, and pushing for this. Um, Luke's already missed out. Remember, if you remember, missed out on that game at Old Trafford um, mm. against Wayne Rooney. He's not going to similar not, level. Yeah, he's not going to want to miss out on this one against Ipswich's uh, reserves. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they'll push for it. I'm excited already, boys. What's, when's that? Oh, November oh. November the 9th, isn't it? Put that in your diary think, right now. Yeah. Biggest game I mean, of the season. Super I mean, Tuesday. To be fair, the um, the pre-season the, pre- <laughs> the pre-season game at Colchester, you were there, Andy, weren't you? You were at the pre-season game yeah. at Colchester. I mean, it was quite... It was quite a little event, to be honest. I was for a pre-season friendly. It was quite tasty. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Coached and played some great stuff. And I think it was about 3-3, didn't it? So, um, yes, it's certainly going to be the game of the... Yes, it's certainly going to be the game of the week that week. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the game being played in North Essex that evening. That's, that's the yeah. way you sell it, all right? Um, it's in Suffolk. It's Portman Road, mate. Oh, it's at Portman Road. The game being yeah. played in Suffolk, in Ipswich that evening. All right? Get on it. That's the way. There's your tagline, boys. Promo, boys. Um, Hutchie, before we move on, we should make mention, of course, that your erstwhile colleague, partner in crime, thunder and lightning, dynamic duo, um, your boy, Stuart Watson, work husband, rubbished you when you said Kenlock was going to play. He said he would have gone million pound in, Kenlock not playing. This is the same guy who said Akin Stanley were bang in trouble last week uh, before town got beat 2-1 there. Um, so a word for a word for Stu, who's, who's currently lying down in a darkened room, fully ashamed of himself. Is that why you told him he couldn't come on today? He said, he said, I want to be on. I said, look, look, Stu, I'll be honest with you. Mike Bacon's far more popular than you. Uh, yeah. And also you've made a complete tits of yourself with that Kenlock comment last week. Go and sit down, have, have a little think, come back to us when you, you've fully got your head back in the game. <laughs> uh, it was just a lucky, <clears throat> just a lucky guess. You're um, so, you're so modest. Come what on. What do you want me? What do you want me to? Oh, I hate Stu. I want you just to oh, say it, it proves that I know so much more than Stu. He's a it joke. Proves, it proves that I'm the better one of us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, come on. In all ways, in all ways. Come on, you could beat him in a fight as well, couldn't you? you could take him. Oh out. yeah, well, we've discussed that. Absolutely. We, we know. On. We we know that. We know. Anyway, that. I, I'm getting I'm getting excited. Um, let's go back to let's go back to the game. Gillingham two 0 Mike. What did you make of the, the side that 
our fearless leader Paul Cook put out. There were obviously a lot of changes. Were you, were you happy with with the side that he picked? Do you even know the side that he picked? I'm hoping you do. No, no idea what it was. Um, to be honest, <laughs> it was, um, it was, it was, it was clearly strong enough. Um, yes, I had a pretty good idea what it was. I did sort of have a flick at, the, at what it was. I mean, what? <sighs> It's a side that, that most League One teams would probably put in the lower echelons of League One would happily put out on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, that's how strong the squad is. I mean, you know, it's it was it was it was it was good. It was a good team. I'm glad he put out what he did. But I mean, when you got Wolford and Zala, Vincent Young, you know, Piggott, I mean, these uh, Chapel, I mean, these players are all League One players. I mean, they are League One players. It's extraordinary that we've got this. I don't know how we lost to Newport. How did we lose to Newport? I can't remember what team was that day. It must have been well, you know, how did we lose to West Ham? Because you know, we clearly have this strength in depth. And um, I, I was glad to see it. I was, I'd have been very cross, very cross if we'd lost to Gillingham with some, with with half a side, you know, totally unnecessary. We've got the players. Players want to play. There's nothing Pigger wants to do more than score. There's nothing Chapman wants to do more than score. Don't, don't tell them it's the, the Papa John's Pizza Express, Domino's, Fates Bake, whatever it is, trophy. They want to score goals and want to play. I was glad to see uh, the team he put out. I, 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 more of that, please. Come the FA Cup first round. Don't say it, but we've got to mm. say it. We? FA Cup first round, which will be coming up not too distant future. Whoever we get, let's go for it with a stronger team than that. Um, I like to see it. Good. Got our rewards for putting out a decent side. Mm. Uh, who would have ever thought that we'd have Carl Edwards playing in the Pete's Trophy, Hutchie. But that's what happened. Who's, who stood out for you? Because obviously there were quite a few talking points. Um, Holy back in goal, kept a clean sheet. KVY back at right back, did a good job. Uh, and the lad Iddy in midfield. El Mazzuni's doing himself the world of good, isn't he? Yeah, he he was my my pick of pick of the bunch. Um, just looks at home in that, in that deeper role. Um, we've largely, largely in first team sort of football seen him play higher as a as a 10 or we've seen him play on the wing before but um he looks at home there he he looks like he's bulked up a little bit he's he's got a bit of a glide about him maybe a a swagger's maybe a little too far but he he's got a glide about him he's responsible on the ball he's sharp enough in in the tackle and he was he played better than Harper for me um, he faces a real job from this point to, to push past like Morsi and, and Evans. I would have I've thought even even Tom Carroll when he's fit again. But I, I think he's he's very much played his way into Paul Cook's first team squad, which he mm. he wasn't at the start of the season. He was right on the fringe of that. But I think he he's played his way in. He played very well. And the two centre-halves, I, I think they both played well, particularly Toto and Siala. Um, I thought Luke Wolfram did had a really good game as well, but particularly Toto. Um, from this point, I'd, I'd really like to see I'd really like to see Toto really, really pushing for a, for a start at the heart of defence, um, probably alongside George Edmondson. Um, he's not there yet. I think there's more... Um, there's sort of more movement to come there if he he's going to have to do more and Burgess is probably going to have to underperform for mm. for Toto to push in there but um he needs to really be pushing because because I, I think he could be a viable option there should should another option be needed what do you like so much about Toto the, the physicality of him the... yeah yeah it's that it's that and and he's cut he's cut out the errors he like we, mm. we can never he will make another mistake in in football again other mm. every player does Hmm. But but it's been a consistent run now where, where that hasn't been an element of his game. We, we've known in the past that he's had consistent runs where those errors have been in his game and we're expecting them, but they're, they're not now. Um, 
he's cut them out. He his big problem is just getting injured when when his chance is there. It happened again this summer. He mm. it was there for him. Um, Edmondson wasn't fit to play. Burgess wasn't in the building, and Toto Toto goes and gets gets injured at the start of the season. I think that he's he's consistent. That's consistently happened to him when a big chance arrives for him. The the injuries happen, and um, I really feel for him because he, he could still be in the side now, in the league side now. Had that not had that mm. not happened, but he faces a fight to get back in there. But I, I I really I really like how he's reacted to coming back from that loan at Bolton. Um, when was that? January twenty twenty. I think he went there. Mm. Um, I really like how he's come come back from that, and I'd I'd hope that he'll be pushing for for a, like a real place in this team team soon enough. Mm. And when you, when you talk about injuries, obviously Hutchie, um, the, the man synonymous with injuries in Ipswich Town squad, unfortunately, is Kane Vincent Young. Started mm-hmm. the season very ropely, a, a shadow of his former self. Um, what did you make of him in this game? Because clearly, at the moment, he he is the backup to Janoi Dinassian, something we never thought we'd say before the yeah. season started. He was better. He looked he looked more like himself. Um, uh, not not anything to go overboard on, I wouldn't mm. say at this point. Um, but he looked he looked better. I think I think maybe it seems silly to say at this point of the season, but maybe the little rest he's had over the last week or two it might have helped a little bit. Um, mm. So yeah, he I think he's going to have to be content with playing in these games for a little while, um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to sort of build up through through training again. Um, but he, he looked better. He looked better in this game, and um, with, but nothing to go absolutely mad about. I wouldn't say. Okay. Any any other notes from the game itself? Because I'm itching to ask Mike about Steve Evans. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to be brief because we all, we all need to talk about Steve Evans. He's yeah. um, he's he's a special, he's a phenomenon, just like yeah. Mike. Um, <laughs> um, didn't I think Carl Edwards was a little quiet. I'll just yeah. go through a few of the players quite quickly. Connor Chaplin came into the game really nicely. Quiet in the first half, but got more involved in the second. Took his goal really well. Joe Piggott took his his really well. Um, that ball bobbled up. I don't know if you've watched the, the highlights of the goal, but that ball really quite bobbled. and was off the floor just as it it came to him. Great pass from Caden Jackson. Good finish from from Joe Piggott, and a really good ball from Piggott for for Chaplin's equaliser. And I thought I thought Caden played quite well as well on yeah. wide on the right. Um, again, without going overboard, his. On the way home in the in the car, kind of Stu likened his style of playing that role to being kind of a bit of a Wes Burns tribute act, which um, which I think was fair. He played it in the same way that Wes Burns plays it. He just he needs the ball to to run at someone, whereas Burns maybe wants the ball at his feet to run at someone. Caden wants the ball played ahead of him to run past someone. Um, mm. With Caden, he's capable of some really good deliveries into the box. He showed that again for Piggott's goal. He had a couple of other decent ones on the night, but he's also a little up and down with with his delivery into the box. But again, without going mad about it, um, a good a good display from him as well. Please talk mm. about Steve Evans. Just before we move on, obviously Thomas Holy played. He yep. got. A, I diagnosed him with a severe case of thrombolitis after his performances thus far this season. Any any symptoms you saw on on Tuesday night? Well, has, been- he, has he recovered? I think he's been taking the pills that you gave him, yeah, um, as as part of that, and and rubbing in that cream. Um, <laughs> no, he, no, he responded really well. To be fair, um, did wonder whether he'd play in this game. Um, he did. 
some punches that were really good, came through traffic and punched. He's always he always he's always quite happy playing at Gillingham. He gets a good reception. People are always very happy to see him at his old club, and that's mm. that's because he's a lovely fella and clearly clearly made a big impression there. Um, and he he played well. Some good punches, decent enough with his feet. Um, and made one good save from Ollie Lee in the second half. There was one moment in the first half where he just punched or caught across again. I was it had been a, a bit of a a run of those. And I turned to Stu and said, Thomas, it's Thomas. He's looking really good. He's looking solid. And then he immediately proceeded to throw the ball out to try and get it to the Kenlock and threw it into um, the back of Luke Wolfenden's calf. <laughs> um, <laughs> fortunately, it still just about made it to Miles. But yeah, he was yeah. he he was fine. But um, once Bolton's back, he's, um, yeah. he's going to be that bit further away from it again. And he, he may not even play in that Colchester game. Give uh, if Walton's back involved and well, and Hlad, Hladke's still in the mix. If that's a must win, you've got to go first 11, surely. Strongest. Anyway, <laughs> we can come on to that. We've got a month to build up to that. I'm very excited about it. Hutchie there, Mike, referred to Holy being a lovely fella. Someone else who's a lovely fella uh, is Steve Evans. I mean, clearly, a major miscarriage of justice happened on Tuesday night because it's very, very unlike Mr Evans to be moaning about anything after a game. He's usually so calm and fair-minded. And yet in this case, he said both town goals were offside. They should have had a penalty and Paul could agree with him. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, well, he's correct, of course. Um, <laughs> they were they were both offside and they should have had a penalty. And town won 2-0. So yeah. there you go. I mean, that's the way it is, isn't it? I mean, that's I'm afraid they don't have VAR in, in, in League One. Um, so that's just tough. City, I'm afraid, I have to say, you have to rely on the old linesman, lines person. And um, if they um, they didn't think he was offside, I actually saw Connor chatting and he said he was miles onside, he said. He said he looked yeah. across. He said, it was a, look, man, it, look, it's it's the way it is, isn't it? You have to find a reason, don't you? You can't just accept you're beaten by the better side. Steve Evans is not the sort of man who just accepts he's beaten by the better side. I'm sure he may have done on occasion, but overall, that's his feisty nature. I quite, um, <laughs> well, let's be honest, as journalists, I mean, who oh, would want Steve Evans as your manager? I mean, thank you very much. Yeah, keep it coming. You know, I mean, he's great, isn't he? I'd, I'd rather have, I know it's bizarre, and I know he moans, and, and but I mean, does he really think we all believe what he says? I mean, because we, we know it's just, you know, a bit of sour grapes, but fair, but, but at least he says it. At least he's got the, you know, the wherewithal to sort of open his mouth and say what he wants to say rather than hiding behind a load of PC, politically correct crap oh. to come out with. Oh, you no. know, and I, pardon? I thought we're going off in a, a different direction then. No, no don't worry. I'm not going to talk. I, I could do if you want. What do you want me to talk no, about? Just stay on Steve Evans, please. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Steve Evans. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, he's look, he's he's bitter, isn't he, about losing to Ipswich Town? I don't think he likes Ipswich Town. I do think that no. he fired him every other week doesn't help, I suppose. Um, yeah. We've become sort of the local derby, really, Gillingham versus Ipswich, as Hutch is for saying the other week. We played about 58 times the last two seasons. So that doesn't help. Um, he didn't like Paul Lambert, so that doesn't help. Even though he's probably forgotten Paul. Well, Paul Lambert's not there anymore, but. I don't know if he likes Paul Cook. I, I don't really know. I have no idea. He, says, um, he, he said he had a beer with Paul Cook after the game, which is when Cook was agreeing with him about all the injustices in the game towards the mighty Gills. Wouldn't you just agree with him just to kind of just to keep winding him yeah. up? Go, yeah. Yes. 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 Absolute Steve, disgrace. I agree with you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah completely Steve. with you on that one, Steve. <laughs> Miles offside. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, the first one. I don't think we're ever going to see the correct replays to know whether these were offside or not. I, I thought the first one was offside. Watching um, it back the, on the highlights, it does yeah. look offside. Yeah, I thought he was. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean I care. No. But but I think it was. Chaplin did look on to me. It was a classic case of kind of stalking. Chaplin said he was kind of stalking the young 
defender there who wasn't holding the line correctly and they moved it. One one of them was anticipating a Joe Piggott ball over the top and one of them wasn't. And um, it was just one of those that ultimately looks about 15 yards offside, but they were they moved pretty level. So I'd say that was okay. The penalties didn't look like penalties in particularly to me. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but you never see the, the correct kind of replays from these to, to make that call. Don't the thing is, the thing, is what, the thing is, what I would love to see, I would, I would, I would love to see, is these managers referee a game. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> so today's referee is Steve Evans. That it's would be a struggle. Town, Ipswich Town versus Doncaster Rovers at Portman Road, and today's <laughs> and out, and out he comes, and he referees the match. Now, I'd love to see that because uh, I'd love to see all. I'd love to see Premier League managers. I'd love to see Klopp. I'd love to see all of them. Today's referee it's Chelsea versus West Ham, and today's referee is Jurgen Klopp. He's done his he's done his badges, and out he comes. Brilliant! I like, I like it. I would actually pay to see Steve Evans try and referee a game. I'd imagine he'd referee a game very much like Jan Mulby used to play the game, <laughs> essentially just in the centre circle, um, <laughs> blowing his whistle from afar because he's, he's not going to be able to keep up with players. either, lad. Um, that, when I um, I mean, you're right to say, Mike, of course, that he's gold for us because those comments yesterday blew up online. And when I was chatting to Stu yesterday about those comments, um, Andy, I read some of the quotes out, and he just laughed at me. He said, "Town, <laughs> town smashed them." I believe was the. Uh, was the phrase? Would you agree with that? I think I think Steve will find a way to to spin <laughs> every game to to it, for his side to at least be com- like competitive and then yeah. be, scr- be screwed out of it by the officials. I I I, I don't know how Gillingham fans would feel about about because they will have like Gillingham will watch this team every week and then hear his comments after the game and there must be times where they think. Come on, mate! Like, Give rest. <laughs> we just no, can't. You can't do that. But for, for us, it's great because it's like once, every, like twice a season, three times a season, as it is now. It'll be nine games by the end of this season that they've played. Mm. It's uh, it's like the comedy sideshow. But but to have that every week from your manager must be. I don't know. Does it get a bit boring just hearing bleating every time? I don't know. Yeah, he's a silly boy. Oh, I'd love it. I think it's fantastic. I mean, as you say, you can literally just flick your microphone on, just flick your thing out, just stand there grinning your head off because it's just gold. But yeah, I suppose as fans, you're right, uh, uh, Hutch. I mean, people, fans are not... See, it's the old stories about managers and coaches thinking fans are idiots and they don't really know what game they've watched. Um, and of course, that is not the case and never has been the case. Fans are far more knowledgeable than managers like to give them credit for. And so, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, would you want to follow him every week? I don't know. Probably not. Okay, friends, let's draw a line under under Gillingham there. Town of one. But before we move on, by way of a segue, um, how important, Andy, was this win for town? Because clearly the euphoria last week, we were sitting here giggling like schoolgirls <laughs> about town winning 6-0 and everything was okay. <laughs> then they lose to Akron Stanley and everything's dreadful again. Um, but then, obviously, had they lost this game, it would have only exacerbated the situation. It would have made things even worse. Um, but they've gone and won and they've won comfortably. So how important was that in the grand scheme of things? Does it in any way change the narrative around around town? What would you say? I wouldn't say I probably wouldn't say it, it changes the narrative like hugely positively, but it does stop it dipping more negatively. So maybe yeah. it maybe it keeps uh maybe it keeps things the same, hmm. which is which is fine. Um clearly this competition isn't isn't top of anybody's priority list. Um but but it's a win and a win is better than a loss. Um, I think it's good to see that and, that, and that's all I need to say on that. 
Yeah. Um, but no, no, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly, no, clearly it was good to see, good to see some of these players play and play well and just maybe just remind us that the, the 11 that have been playing in the league of late is not set in stone and there are alternatives to that and that, 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 that those players can help a team win. Um, Colin Chaplin spoke about sort of breeding a winning culture and this would, again, without going overboard about it, this will help that. And uh, look, it's a, it's a little step on, it's a little step on the road. It's not, it's kind of on the, on a slightly different road to the one that we want to see the steps being made on, but, but a step, a step forward, none, nonetheless, but not one, I wouldn't say it's one to kind of swing the other way and say all is right again. I love it when you start dropping in metaphors about roads and pavements and walls and all that sort of stuff. See, see I feel like I could have got, I feel like there's more to that one. Yeah. Um, I d- but I d- couldn't quite find what I was looking for. I just want to say friends, members of the Coway Army, Bill Shankly, Vince Lombardi, uh, Parcells, um, Alex Ferguson, Bobby Robson, all those motivational greats have just been put in the corner by Andy Hutch Warren with this. A win is better than a loss. Yeah. Put that on your changing room wall and watch players run through walls for you. I want to see it on T-shirts. I want to see it on hats. I want to see it in everyone's home because that, my friends, is the quote of quotes. A win is better than a loss. On you go. Um, Right then. Boys, let's move on, shall we, from that, from something really profound to something else really profound. Um, our sponsors, shaving your nethers and such. Um, KOA, use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery, all that great stuff they have at, at Manscaped, whether it be um, below the waist grooming needs, which I know Mike has a, has a big need for, big fan of that. Um, <laughs> look, at or... look at him looking down. <laughs> looking at little Mike there. Uh, uh, and also, I'm assuming you are wearing trousers, Mike. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, also, obviously, you can get the old nasal and ear groomers. You can get underwear. You can get cologne. You can get all sorts. Anyway, there's the nasal groomer, the weed whacker. Big fan of that I am, my friends. Um, that's code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. If you're watching on video, and I've no idea if this even go out on video because Ross isn't around, Hutchie just did an excellent demonstration. Right then, boys, I want to talk about something wider now on the wider sphere of its switch town. I know I'm coming to Mike first on this because, Mike, you have, in recent weeks, been an outspoken critic of 4231 as a formation. Um, you've written something this morning which says it's time for town to go to a 442, and it's been widely received positively. It's got a lot of hits on our website. Um, people love talking about formations and variations of. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you think they need to go four four two? Well, not really. Um, no, yeah, no, of course I do. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we'll move on. Moving on. No, yeah. um, I've, I've, I don't know what. It's probably. I suppose if I go back to four two three one, it's always to me. My first thought on four two three one is always my first thought is seven defenders or seven defensive players. That only leaves four attacking players. Now that's my now Lee Evans hat trick against Doncaster, of course, blows that all out of the water. If that was happening every week, brilliant. But it doesn't happen every week. I just think while Danassian is back, our our four two three one was set up with attacking backs, wing backs particularly, or wing type backs. And and Danassian now coming in the stake and his claim is not quite Kane Vincent Young. Um, and in fact, he's been praised quite a lot for his defensive qualities more than anything, which mm. rather you know, talks about, you know, how he, how he defends very well. I just think there's enough quality going forward for us to be having two up front. One, you know, one just very close to playing off. Um, 
and you can still have your two wingers and you can still have your two sitting players. Your two wingers could be more introvert rather than wide all the time. So also in, introvert, not introvert, yeah. invert, sorry. Yeah. I could be introverted if they like. We need introverted wingers. I've always said that. Inverted like a bit Do more. Do not like so they, were, they were inside a bit more before yeah. going out rather than yes. just being stuck out wide, making the pitch very wide, which is fine. A lot. Mm. I'm sounding like I know what I'm talking about here. I actually don't. But I mean, <laughs> I just think it's a point that I would just like to think I would just like to see. I think we've got Cook, Cook talks a lot about his squad and how he doesn't know what his best team is, and how he doesn't. And I understand that, but he—he's the one thing he's always sticking with is his formation. He won't change that. He'll change everything else, and he'll change players and try. And that's I'm good for him. I would mm. just like to see. Just try something. Try something different. Try two up front and just see what happens. Um, and last year, your fullbacks are just. Just drop a little bit deeper, not bomb forward so much. You've got wingers who'll do that. You can have mm. two strikers in the box. Anyway, so, so that's my thought. Yeah, I was quite surprised at how many people actually agreed with me. I thought I'd be, I'd get the usual sort of bacon. You don't know what you're talking about. Will you get this dinosaur off Twitter? Blah, 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 that sort of thing. But actually, quite a few people actually sort of thought it might be an idea. But Your, your son really shouldn't be sending those sort of messages, mate. That's out of order. Unbelievable. It was him. Um, I knew it was him. And I, because he, he calls himself silly names. Like, like <laughs> well, I won't say what he calls himself, but it's to do with chocolate. But anyway, and, um, and so you don't want to know the rest. And no. yes. So I know uh, some of them for him, but um, so overall... in your formation, then basically what you're doing is you're bringing Pickett in and stick him alongside Bond, and everything yeah. else pretty much stays the same, does it? Yeah. So I mean, you, you're got, essentially, got... essentially, your argument is it makes you a bit more solid, it gives you more options in the box, um, all round better. It just plays the number instead of the number ten role coming and picking the ball up. The number ten role is already up there, but he can come short. I don't want Pickett and Bond standing side by side two yards from each other. Pickett particularly loves coming to get the ball, but he doesn't mm. come all the way back as a number 10 does to pick the ball and then turn and run. Like, because you turn, if Selena picks the ball up or number 10, he's turning, he's running, and he's looking at what? Bon. I mean, he must be. And two defenders or three defenders, I don't know, mm. all going wide. And I would just like to see have a few more options. But as I said, that's just my, I would just like a trial of it. Because we look, we've got 10 games in, 10 points. I know... We all know what we're all about. We all know it's a long journey and things will be better. We know that. And, I've, and I, I agree with that. Just mix it up a bit, perhaps. There we go. Andy, you, you have often said on here you quite like a 4-2-3-1. Clearly, harking back to the days of Lambert, we were bemoaning and lamenting the fact he had no idea what he was doing in the formation. He was changing formation, like often was changing his socks. But um, in terms of the 4-4-2 argument, what do you make of that? Any merit to it? I think you I think you Mark have just have just highlighted um what the crux of the argument is it it it's such a slight tweak isn't it that mm. it's bringing Joe Piggott into the team and I guess Mike probably dropping someone like Scott Fraser out of it potentially yeah. I I think you can still do that without kind of changing the I don't think the system changes things that radically you could mm. you can I honestly don't think there's that the, the changing of a system is going to have that much of a that much of a difference in a four two three one. You've still got the I assume your central midfield in a four four two. Mike would still be something like Evans and Evans and Morsi. So you yep. still you've still got them in there. You've still got let's say, let's say for argument's sake, Burns and Selena would be your two wingers. Still got them, and all all, all that would do would would bring in sort of Piggott to play up front with Bond and one of them would have to come a little bit deeper, which is essentially what a 4-2-3-1 is mm. anyway. It's it's all quite nominal in terms of who stands where when there's a goal kick, essentially. Um, I, I, Paul Lambert, that, that great philosopher, always used to say 
that it's not about formations. I think Paul Cook would agree with you. It's not really about formations. It's about it's about players performing, which I think mm. is probably why Cook is so rigid in his system in, in that mm. it just removes a, a variable of, of players know what they have to do. You're putting them in that situation and, and then you have to go and try, and try and win the game. And I don't think setting them up in a 4-4-2 is going to make an awful lot of difference to what they try and do. I'd like to maybe see that move used a little more during a game, potentially mm. with with Piggott, Piggott brought on and playing within the already existing system, which I guess would make things look a little bit more four four two y. We've seen that mm. at times. I'd maybe like to see that a little bit more often. But in terms of my worries about about Ipswich Town, the the, the formation and the system is is absolutely nowhere near. Uh, top of top of that list. Uh, it, if it's me, I'm absolutely fine with what with what Cook is doing. I just maybe would like to see a little bit more flexibility within games rather than mm. rather than going with it from the off because I don't think it would make that much difference. Okay, we'll see. We'll never. I mean, obviously, Cook has said on numerous times he's wedded to to four two three one, and and you're right, Andy. At times, it, it it can look a little bit like four four two anyway, can't it? In games, yeah. So, um, we will see. Mike has given his his thought his point of view, and I know a lot of people agree with him. So do let us know your thoughts on that. Um, I want to move on to something else, a little bit different, boys, with a with a short interlude because I listened to your excellent podcast that I wasn't on, um, as I do when I was lifting weights yesterday, um, and there was one conversation in particular got me pumped up. And that was a James Bond conversation, baby, because uh, Mr. Bacon, you were talking about the best Bonds and the best Bond films. Skyfall, 100%, the best Bond film for me. Daniel Craig, 100%, the best Bond, mainly because that's what James Bond would look like with all the various skills that he's got in his locker, the ability to kill a man with his bare hands. He's going to be well built. He's not going to be like a, a streak of piss like Piers Brosnan. That's never going to happen. Um so I just wanted to I just wanted to add into that though because I think often overlooked in the Bond conversation is Timothy Dalton. Come at me because <clears throat> A View to a Kill, fantastic film, absolutely fantastic film. Yes, it hasn't got all the bells and whistles and big money production side of things, but that for me is fantastic. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there and, and get that out there as a thought on Bond. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you one because I'm told it's the best Bond film there has ever been in terms of the reviews. Have you seen it yet, Mike? No, no, I haven't said yeah. I was going to go. I was going to go tonight, but I'm not going to go tonight now because um, well, it's been a little. Bit, it's been a bit of an issue with the garden, so um, I've got to. Um, I've got to do a, little, a bit of deheading later on. Okay, getting get to that time of year. Um, I'm never. So, I'm never sure when you say things like that if that's the actual case or if it's just a euphemism for something else. Oh no, it's not. Easy. No, it's not easy. No, 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 no. I've got, no, I've got a little few garden duties late on before the clocks go forward. Okay. Or, back or whatever they do. Um, what well, they do spring uh, back, don't they? So yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so, well, these things got to be. These things got to be done. I mean, you can't just you can't let your garden just 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 take off. I are mean, you are you are you are you putting your garden to bed for winter? Is that what you're doing? Well, that's a very good way of putting. it, I suppose yes. I've basically been told to get in the bloody garden from half five for an hour. So that's that's the end of that. And um, so I won't be going to bond, but I will be going shortly. Timothy Dalton's injured. Was he Australian? I can't remember. I can't remember. No. That's, you're thinking of George Lazenby, the very Lord Lazenby, but yeah. I quite like Dalton. I think he did quite well, actually. He, um, yeah, I like that film. I think Dalton, he's very overlooked, like Lazenby, of course. I mean, you know, we forget about them. Dalton was, uh, yeah, that's a good film he was in. I, Dal- I did Dalton, Dalton's like the kind of the, the Bond equivalent of Mick McCarthy, someone who, who kind of did did okay on a shoestring budget uh, and <laughs> kind of carried the squad forward into the into the big money era of of, of Brosnan and Craig. Um, yeah. But yeah, underrated, I think. And putting the garden to bed is exactly what we're going to be doing this weekend, Mike. You have to do it, don't you? Cut back Absolutely. All the I mean, 
put the, put the garden furniture away, get the old covers on things, get maybe one, maybe one last cut of the grass. I don't know. I mean, if it, if it stays dry, perhaps the one last one before, before March next year. I mean, I mean, Hutchie loves all this because he likes the winter. Mm. I mean, I hate the bloody thing. I'd be, I prefer, I'm a summer man all day long. Get me in a pair of, um, a very short speedos and out in the back garden, waxed up and uh, drinking pina colada <laughs> and I'm away, you know, but, um, so I'm not there, really looking, for, not really looking there, forward to winter much, to be honest. So, um, there you there go. Is a, there's an image and a challenge. I know, uh, we have quite a few keen photos shoppers in the Calais army so can we please see mike bacon photoshopped onto the body of that man from the whiskey advert walking down the beach <laughs> with the, the speedos holding the glass of whiskey i can't remember what, what whiskey that was advertising but please let that happen get to work i know particularly mullet and patrick palmer a bit handy with the old the old photoshop mullet put you, your face on lady gaga wearing her famous meat dress post your your pork poncho mike i don't know if you saw that it's scarred well, me for life well, I did see it. And uh, what's his name? Mr. Mullet. Mr. Mullet. Yeah, Mr. Mullet. You'll be very pleased to know, Mr. Mullet, you made my two boys absolutely pee themselves with laughter. So congratulations on that. I, I, didn't, I couldn't even believe what I was looking at. They were absolutely ecstatic. What a complete plonker I look. Who did this? Big respect to them and all that sort of thing. So my 20-year-old lads, they absolutely uh, looked up to you for that, Mr. Mullet. Congratulations. Personally, I didn't really understand it, but there you go. There you go. Next challenge set, Mike in Speedos. I'll tell you what else could work, actually. Um, what's his name? Winston in Sexy Beast with Mike's face on. There we go. Make it happen. Boys, let's move on to something else in football, which is a good talking point. And I want to, again, I want to come back to you, Mike, because it involves a legend of Ipswich Town saying something really quite unexpected. Terry Butcher, the hard man icon of football. Um, obviously, that, that iconic image of him with blood streaming down his face uh, and various quotes about how hard he was. Um, there was that great quote, wasn't there? Gaza on Terry Butcher about people coming into his house uh, and winning. Uh, and he made, and Gaza said he, he was terrified. He shit himself. Um, anyway, <laughs> Terry Butcher reckons, Mike, that we should phase out heading in football because obviously there's, there's been numerous um, research done about the uh, increased risk of dementia. We've had people sadly um, lose their lives early to, to Alzheimer's, which has been linked to, to heading the bricks of, of football used to have back in the day. You spoke to Terry about this. What, what did he say and what do you make of it? Um, well, well, first, let me just say what a gentleman Terry Butcher is. I mean, he was, he was an absolute hero of mine back in the in the. I, I mean, and like most people, a colossus of a player. And you'd you be scared stiff to ask him for his autograph. But underneath all that, he's an absolute gentleman and he's a top, top man. And I've always had a lot of time for Terry. So it was lovely to catch up with him. Yeah, it's strange that he'd be the last person you'd think would think, let's ban heading from football, the man who headed a football more than anyone. But then again, he's sat around, unfortunately, and he's looked and he's seen people of his era and beyond who are now suffering. Um, it's it's mm. very sad, Alzheimer's and dementia, particularly, you know, um, a lot of it attributed to football um yeah what he's what he was saying basically is he'd like to see headering in football slowly phased out and and he's he's been perfectly you know sensible about it he's no it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to suddenly start next season or mm. but as he did make the point so many more goals are scored with feet than their head and always have been and football today is played a lot more the idea of playing the ball out from the back has become even at lower levels. I watched a non-league game the other week, and the goal every 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 there was very few goal kicks. I was surprised how many big punts up the pitch there was. That used to be the norm. It used to be the norm. So rolling the ball out, and as he said, if you just don't use headers, a ball is played up. You've got to control it on your chest, or you've got to you've got to position yourself to make sure you just can't header it. You've got to step back a bit. You've got to step forward a bit. Whatever you've got to do, um, is it going to happen? I do you know what? I actually think it could. I actually genuinely believe in five or six, seven, eight, you know, five or six years time that actually could because I believe mm. the science will um, suggest there is a link. 
yes, footballs were harder and thicker, and but balls are also kicked a lot faster these days. They're kicked a lot. I mean, what you have to understand, a goal, a, a free kick thumped from 20 yards out, the balls might be quite light, but that hits you full in the head. If that doesn't wrap your brain about in your skull, I don't believe it. Of course it does. Mm. Um, they don't have to be big medicine balls that you're just winning headers with. Mm. So I, I think football has evolved and will continue to evolve. Um, I, I genuinely think that is a possibility that you could see. I'm not saying you'll go straight in the Premier League with this, but I think lower games, particularly youth games, will end up just playing. You'll be no headers. You'll just be playing the ball on the ground. And it's, it's a bit like what... I played a bit of walking football the other year, which is for, for more senior members of, of society. Um, but walking football, of course, the ball's always on the ground. You can't go, you can't boot mm. the ball above head height. So I, I played that for an hour and the ball's never above head height, which people just passing about. So um, it's going to, I think it's going to come from the bottom upwards. Mm. Um, it's great to talk to Terry. And um, yeah, I mean, he feels very strongly about it and he's going to work hard to, to keep the, he said the chats, that he put it out there and he said the reaction from a lot of people, has been immensely positive. He's been, I think, quite surprised and, and happily surprised. Mm. I think because of who he is as well. And it, it's something you yeah. would not expect Terry Butcher to say, as I say, that iconic kind of hard man of, of English football. Um, I mean, you can, I guess you could phase it out of training, can't you? Looking at, at other sports, rugby, they're talking about limiting contact training, aren't they, to 15 minutes a week. Uh, and certainly in, in, in my sport, my background, fight sports, um, there's, a, there's a big move towards not hard sparring. Um, or very much limiting hard sparring because sparring often is is where you get a lot of this build up of accumulation of blows to the head. Um, so it can be phased out of training. What do you what do you make out of phasing out of the game though, Hutchie? Can you ever see a, a football game where there's no headers? I'm struggling with that. Um, I think I think you're both right in things that you've just said, Mike. I think it will I think it will start from the bottom up, and I think mm. not subject not having kids kind of heading footballs routinely is is really important. Um, and then also, Mark, as you've just said, I think training is is the and they're, they're doing that. They're, they're, there is that guidance now, isn't there? If yeah. it's mm. a te, ten, 10 high high force headers a week, um, yeah. Nuno. Um, Nuno at Tottenham has, has already kind of said that they're not sticking to that. Yeah, they did. Um, and I'm sure he's not the only one. He's the only one that said it. And I'm sure there are clubs where that's happening more and more. But I, for me, I would say that that youth football very definitely and and training, um, like you've said, Mark's fight sports, rugby, mm. at the the NFL is very strict on when how many practices you can have a season wearing full mm. pads and having hits and, and things like that. I, I think the training side of it, just not heading 50 footballs at the end of a training session because your big centre half needs to be dominating games. I think that's the way to go now um, and mm. could be really important for this. I, I'm struggling to see professional football in the near future suddenly basically being like five-a-side rules, keep it on the floor kind of thing. Um, but I think there are some real things that can be done, as both of you have just mentioned, to to, to kind of cure what is clearly a serious a serious issue mm. um I, I can say with with kind of experience and i don't know how uh, in terms of your background experience i've done both i've been punched in the face and i've headed a football at high speed and they are very similar um kind of feelings with being punched in the face i always describe it as like a light bulb going off in front of you like someone taking a picture of you really close and you get that kind of shoom sort of feeling. Uh, and it's the same kind of thing with heading. So certainly a crossover for me. Um, my issue with taking heading out of the game as a whole, Mike, is it will change the game completely. I mean, things like corners, for example, would then be 
pretty much pointless, wouldn't they? Because everyone's going to know he's going to play it along the floor then. You can't put the ball in the air. That completely changes the, the nature of football. Mm, of course it does. And, and and as I said, this is not going to be an overnight thing. Um, I think I might take a bit more interest. I, I don't not I don't take interest in watching Manchester City, but I think I might just t- take a bit more interest in watching them. It'd be interesting to watch them play 90 minutes and wonder how many headers there actually are, in the, how many of their players headed the ball how many times. It'd be quite interesting. Yeah. I'm not, it might be a lot. It might be far more than I'm thinking. It might, they might have 30 or 40 headers a game. I'd be very interested to find out how Pep Guardiola puts up his team you know how he how he how he gets his team to play football and mm-hmm. and how much how many times there are headers from a Manchester City player. There's going to be some, of course there is. There might be loads. I don't know. I haven't really st- Terry Butcher's debate or his conversation is going to make us look. I watched a non-league game. I said the other day, and I was surprised, really surprised, how many times the goalie rolled it out to the to the fullback and in it went, and it was mm. played up to midfielders quite low to the chest. It was actually played so they could keep hold of the ball. No good play to his head because he was just going to fling it onto nobody, you know. And and I was quite surprised at that. And so when Butcher came out with these comments, do you know what I thought? This it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be. Is it going to, I still think it might happen. And he also mentioned young coaches. He said yeah. young coaches will come into the game, and that is how that is they'll be their mantra. Pep Guardiola has come into the football as a coach and changed a lot of the way coaching. I mean, who's ever thought of not playing with a striker or playing a false number nine? Whatever we want to talk, just ridiculous. But he's done that. And, and others are following, and it's just that little snow. That's just that little snowball effect, doesn't it? Of, of people coming into the game, then it starts to people people copy. Especially mm. they see a bit of success, they copy what's going on. Barcelona back in the day with their their little bit of football, you know, um, it was you know people start copying how they how they played the game. The number mm. ten rules, classic example. So mm. maybe. I think it's a really interesting debate and it's a good one to have because there are certainly issues around head injuries in the kind of sports we've talked about. So we'll watch this one with interest. As an I mean, aside, I was quite lucky, of course, because I'm not very tall, so I never headed the ball very much in my <laughs> play. So, I mean, it didn't really, you know, I spent most of the time jumping up and, and it was always going over my head, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, and I usually play for teams that just did hoof it over your head. So I, yeah. I assumed you'd headed the ball quite a lot, Mike, I've got to say, given <laughs> I thought I might explain your uh, your unique character, shall we say. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh, as an aside, um, Terry Butcher, one of the very few people in this job that I've ever been completely starstruck and or awestruck by. I remember um, we, we had him in for a podcast when I wasn't involved for a preseason podcast. And he walked across the office and, and Stewie said, I'm not, this is Terry Butcher. And I went, ah, hey, Mr. <laughs> hi, Mr. Butcher, because he is my era of football. I had that picture on my wall of him covered in blood. Um so yeah, a very very nice thing to be able to to be able to speak to Terry these days, and what a, what a nice guy he is. Uh, and he was a lovely guy, and also yeah. also I phoned him about six times because I had no signal out here where I live, and he was he was most of, he was most polite. I mean, he could easily said what the but on the sixth time, what the hell did you beep? It kept going off, you know. But he was yeah. very polite, and uh, no, lovely man, lovely. Yeah, man. I think it takes someone like him saying something like that to, yeah. to really get the debate going and rolling. Right then, boys. One final debate there is to be had on this particular podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it thus far. Shrewsbury this weekend, Andy Warren. Ipswich Town clearly have got to smash them to smithereens. They're in the bottom four. Um, and there's one big kind of question mark going into the game, which is we know Bursant Salina is on um, international duty. So who replaces him? What do you do with, with the team in that respect and anything else you, you think might need doing? I think that's it. I think I think that is the debate. And um, for me, I'd go Kyle Edwards. I think even, even after the games the other night, I think... I think Chaplin clearly did his heart, his cause no harm with a, a decent, especially in the second half, good performance and a good goal as well. But I think, I think Chaplin and Fraser are that little bit too one paced potentially. 
um, to play together. So what w- what I would do is probably still, even even though he's a little quiet the other night, I'd bring Kyle Edwards in to start shift Fraser inside to the number ten position and, and still go with go with Wes Burns. That's that's what I'd do. So everything else stays the same from the. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that rolls back to yeah, more more and Evans. Um, yeah, I think the assumption is that Coulson's not going to be fit. fit. Hopefully, you know, hopefully proved wrong. If if he is, um, that's that's one to think about probably for Penny. Hmm. Um, yeah, don't I don't I don't think there's there's overly much to do to do with this side. I'd um, I think you just need to hope that they they've learned a real real lesson. Like we discussed this so much earlier in the week, didn't we? Learned such a big lesson from that Accrington game as a team, and um, just get back get get back to it in this one against Shrewsbury, and, and like you say, hope for the same outcome as um, as the Doncaster game. Agree with that, Mike? Is that what you'd be doing? You'd be putting Fraser in the ten and, and Edwards out left. I'd have Piggott in the team, but that's another story altogether. Um, no, yeah, I don't. It's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, um, Cook says, you know, his players have got a chance to prove to get themselves into the team uh, this Saturday. And then he said a lot of players have done themselves good. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Because talk is I'm, I'm a bit unfair. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to say talk is cheap because I don't mean it like that. But I mean, if you're going to say make statements like that, you know, come on then, show me what you can do. do and then come away saying, players, show me what they can do. And then you pick the same team that played at Accrington. Well, you can't exactly because obviously Salinas are there, but hmm. you know, um, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I might see. I thought Chaplin might play, to be honest, but I don't know. Maybe he might play. Maybe I he think might. he. I think he really could. I don't I get me wrong. Yeah. There's every chance that he might. It's just maybe. I don't know because I think that would that would mean Chaplin would probably play as the ten. Yeah, um, and 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 Fraser would stay stay um, left, and I'm, I don't know what it is, but I just don't that 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 combination just doesn't. Doesn't excite me. I think that Edwards is something that little something different that that you could could play there. But I think both both are going to play some some real part in this game. I'd have, I I'd might have give I might give Burns a rest and play Edwards personally as well. That's something I might think about. That needs to happen at some. They need to think about that at some point. I, I, we like, we have to assume that this this Achilles problem hasn't gone away. They don't just yeah. vanish, do they? So at some point, clearly he's resting from these trophy games and mm. there's a blank midweek next week. Next week. Um, the last week, the last we spoke to Paul Cook about Wes Burns, he really wasn't training an awful lot at no. all and was just kind of playing games. At, at some point, you have to fear that something might aggravate with that. So um, um, hopefully they're, they're managing him, managing him properly. How would you do that though, Mike? So you get you rest Burns, what, you put Chaplin out? Wide right, dear, and Fraser, then Fraser in the ten, and Edwards left. How would you do that? I'd have Edwards. I'd have Edwards. You can play. So you can play Edwards right or left. I just take Burns out and put Edwards. I'd, I don't believe in this one. You can only play right wing or left wing. I mean, you should be able to yeah. play. Both, you should play both I sides. agree. I agree with that. You particularly, know, um, particularly players like Edwards. Yeah, um, I can see. I can see that Burns is only really comfortable on his right foot, playing on the right side. But, but classy kind of. Yeah. And not to say that Burns isn't a classy player. He's got his own class, of course. But players like Selena. And Edwards, yeah. they can play on both sides, can't they? Most yeah. most Salah spends all his time on the right wing. He's completely left footed, you know. Well, not, not all the time, but you know what I mean. Cutting inside is, is is a huge part of the game. I mean, it's Foden. You know, I'm talking top players here, but they, that's what they do. Edwards, I think, could play could play right right all it. I don't don't see Selena certainly could, and and I think mixing that up again, this little mixing up of four before mate and sort of sets. This is all I'm look. This is all I'm looking for. Really, instead of mm. everything sort of set a little bit in stone and, and just just mixing up a bit, but. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly have Edwards, Edwards starting, and, and plus I think Chaplin might start. Maybe Fraser might Burns or Fraser might get Fraser 
probably mm. sorry Burns might get um, missed out. I don't know. Edwards, I reckon, has to start if he's ready to to go the full ninety minutes. He has to start because he brings so much extra to the team. Um, Hutchie, can we agree though, without beating around the bush, this is a game that Ipswich Town should be winning all day long. If they're gonna, yeah. if they're really serious about doing stuff in this league, they have to be smashing teams like Shrewsbury home. Yeah, we, we spoke earlier in the week, didn't we, about the points mm. deficit and what's required from this point, um, this point onwards to get where they want to get. And the problem with labelling these games as must-win games is that that when if it doesn't happen, then you suddenly are in a situation where oh, you said that was must-win. So what happens now? But yeah, they've they've they have they teams against the games against the bottom four at home. Mm. They need they need three points. They need more than two points a game that, from this point in to get automatic promotion. If you don't pick up and give yourself some wriggle wriggle room by by beating Shrewsbury at home, then you're just making your task even harder. So yeah, they they do have to win this game. Yeah. I can I can I did a piece of my concert where I went back to the ninety seven I think it was ninety seven ninety eight season. It was a year that Town thrashed. Norwich City 5-0. So that was that season. And Burley's team that season hadn't started, started okay, but nothing special. A bit better though than Ipswich have this season. And I think they lost one of their last 22 games. I mean, they drew quite a few as well, but they lost just one of their last mm. 22. And that still only got them in the playoffs. Mm. So you can see what Ipswich Town currently situation they in. As Andy said, they need more than two points a game to get automatic. So they they can't afford to look at they can't afford to come off from Shrove and go, oh well, yeah, we're still gelling or we're still this or we're still that in. It's got to start happening in, in, you know, it's got to start happening. Hopefully the Doncaster thing was, and the Accrington thing was a blip. Yeah, yeah. They, they haven't, they haven't played Sunderland. They haven't played Wigan. They haven't no. played Portsmouth. They haven't played Wickham. They haven't, they haven't played so many of the sides that are right up there at the moment that there's some big, big tests to come and mm. they're going to need some, if they're going to get where they want to go, that there's going to be dropped points from those games. That's, mm. that's for sure. They're not going to, suddenly blitz all of those so you need you need to take three points from from games like this at home just to give you give yourself some breathing room otherwise you ultimately and quite quickly probably get to the point where you're, you're needing to to beat everyone <laughs> and uh, and um that, i don't think that's going to happen for any team realistically so yeah beat you have to beat a team that's in the bottom four at home and i'm, I'm sure they will 100 percent. right then time to put your money where your mouth is actually there's one more t to cross and i to dot and that's a million pound picks section of the show. You said there that town are going to beat Shrewsbury. Um, I can't. I, I can't remember actually. I did listen to the show on Tuesday, but I can't remember what you did over the weekend. So I can't remember what the pot is. But but fill us in and what are you going for this weekend? Uh, a spectacularly successful weekend um, where I won both both bets to get the pot back to nine thousand nine hundred and sixteen thousand pounds. Wow! But um. So, but I'm going to spend a significant amount of that this weekend. I'm going to put three hundred thousand pounds on them to win this game simply at three to four, which returns five hundred and twenty-five thousand. And I'm going to do the cheeky little sixteen thousand on Macaulay Bond to score first at three to one, which will return another sixty-six thousand. So, um, hopefully, an Ipswich win this weekend. You're going to ask me for my prediction. I'm going to say three-one, um, and if they can do that, they will will get the pot back above. Um, Back above the watermark and back into the black this weekend. Three hundred so, grand. That's the yeah. biggest single bet so far, isn't it? That you've placed. Your uh, yes. Yeah, that's true. Three one. Hutchie saying. What are you saying, Mickey? Uh, I'm saying two nil. I think Ipswich will win two nil. Um, yes, I, I, I'd be very disappointed if they don't beat Shrewsbury. No disrespect, but um, they really ought to be on it to beat Shrewsbury, especially after the Doncaster at home game. So um, yes, I might put. I think I might put forty grand of my own money on that. 
<laughs> just the, just the forty k. Why not? My yeah. ca- cash, yeah. I assume. Oh yeah. Oh, is there anything else? <laughs> so Hutchie saying three one. Mike saying two 0 I'm going to say three 0 This is the sort of game. Make no mistake. This is the sort of game that Town have to win if they're really serious. If they are who we think they are, to use a phrase from Dennis Green, American football back in the day. Um, this is a game that Town have to be winning. Uh, boys, any other business? We've talked about a lot today and I've had tremendous time chatting with you in this virtual podcast room. Anything else you want to add, Mike, first of all, because you're most likely to have something you want to add. Well, I, I, I'm, is, it definitely a, is it definitely a time to get your sunflower, pick your sunflowers up? I mean, it, and, and trim them up and cut them down. I believe it is. I've, I've got a couple of sunflowers on the back, you see, and I think they're starting to obviously look a little bit worse for wear. I th- and I went, a friend of mine down the road, he's got like 10 on his, he looks really flash, really flashy git. You know, he's got 10, yeah. along, his, 10 along his bloody fence. It looks really, and I think I noticed him start to trim them down. I just wonder if anyone knew. I, I don't. I mean, I can get onto Charlie Dimmock if you like, see, see what okay. she says. Um, I mean, why don't you do it for him, Mike? If he's if he's flash, just go along with a, a chainsaw. Yeah. Just cut them all down. Cut them off in the middle of the just help, Yeah, just help <laughs> him out. Okay, yeah, I could do. I could do mine first, then go and cut his down. Or, yeah, or so, just, yeah, do his down and just leave mine up. Yeah. Sorry, okay. so, sorry, Flash Steve. I thought I was doing you a favour. I don't know if his name's Steve. I hope it's not. Um, it is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Flash Steve. <laughs> Serves you right, mate. Um, yeah, that's what I'll be doing this weekend anyway. Obviously, uh, following town, smashing Shrewsbury. Hutchie, any, any other business? No other business from me. No other business, as is usual from Mr. Hutchie. Thank you very much for joining us today. Remember to support our sponsor, manscaped.com. KOA is the code to use for 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. Follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I hope you've enjoyed listening today. We've learned a lot of things. We've learned that pineapple may or may not belong on a pizza. Timothy Dalton was a vastly overlooked bond in the style of Mick McCarthy as a manager at Ipswich Town. And most importantly, friends, we've learned, and this is the big one. I want you to write this down. A win is better than a loss. Have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.